0: The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet Casino is now offering a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Download the WinBet app now or visit Wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head on over to propswap.com or download the PropSwap app today. And we're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing daily fantasy sports app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000 with just one entry. Head on over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps.
1: Hello DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Yes, your favorite podcast is back up in your ear holes. I'm assuming that's where you consume our podcasts is in your ear holes. But if you consume it elsewhere, then hey, that's that's your business. Whatever you do in the in the privacy of your own home, that's cool. Um, this would be for some of you the 129th time you've had us up in your ear holes or whatever hole you stick us up into. So thank you uh, for those of you. Crazy, the gens out there who have listened to all twenty one hundred twenty nine episodes. This um, we have to do dedications, of course. Are going to de- dedicate this one to all the all the MMA promotions that are actually running events this this week. Um, to, so we actually have something to talk about this episode because yes, we have come to another one of our No UFC No Problem episodes. Um, we've got a good one for you. Our, my co host has picked out fights on four different fight cards. Uh, over spread over two two days this weekend for you, DeGens to bet on. So um, hopefully, Superfan Jong and the rest of you, gens in the SGPN Slack and the rest of you listening to us, like I said, in whatever crevice you choose to listen to us in. Um, hopefully, this will whet your appetite until the UFC is back again next week. So, who am I? I haven't introduced myself yet. I'm Jeff Doomsday Fox, uh, the host, one of the hosts of this year' podcast. Let's um, bring in my other. My other half, my my um, life partner in this MMA journey, um, you may know him as Gumby. Or I'm assuming his mom probably calls him Dan or Daniel. Maybe she calls him Gumby. We'll have to ask. It's Daniel Gumby Reeland. Hello.
0: You want to know the weird thing? None of my, like, what? family and friends growing up call me Gumby, Daniel, or Dan. None of the above. Danny? Yeah, Danny. Danny? Yeah, a lot of my... Uh, a lot of my my early childhood friends slash high school friends and my family all call me Danny, which is uh, uh it's always a little bit weird to people who I like know professionally when they find that out uh, because it does not sound like what you would call a grown man. Yeah, you get mad and say yeah. Oh, also, mad and stomp your feet and you say I'm grown now. I don't I'm get a big boy. No, I I actually don't mind it. Yeah, like I, it's it, it would almost sound weird if somebody from my family called me Daniel. Like I, I don't think. I think I have, like, one person who I know at my work who calls me Daniel, and then obviously, like, I use it in, you know, the circles I podcast and write in because it sounds more professional than Danny Vreeland. Danny Vreeland does not sound like a guy who you're listening to for advice at any point in time. Fighters are questioning whether or not they're taking an interview with a 12-year-old, uh, but I don't mind it so much from the family and friends. It's nice to have, like, a, like different monikers I go Black. Yeah, and then in jujitsu circles, they don't even know my name is Dan. Like, no, most of the guys I train with don't know my name. They just know you as creepy old guy. No, uh, yeah, that too. Uh, no, but uh, most of them. You are uh, the old guy, right? Um, uh, there's one. There's an older black belt I train with too. He's a big dude. He's like, uh, like five eleven, two fifty. Uh, but he's yeah. like five years older than me too. Um, so he's okay. no. He's the elder statesman that's not uh, owning or running the gym, and then there's yeah, I think I'm second or third probably in uh, seniority in that way. Um, but yeah, no, they just know Gumby. Uh, yeah, yeah, I um that my name is Dan. So
1: Dan, no, your name's Danny. We just we just uh, uh or Danny or established Danny. your name's Danny. <laughs> yes, I, I think like I grade five or six, I decided I was going to be Jeffrey for a bit, but that didn't last. So um. I guess I wanted to be a grown-up at that point, but no, I don't. So I'm just Doomsday Fox again now. So I think I've been Doomsday before, haven't I? I think I used that <laughs> I one think, before.
0: I think so, and it's funny, too, because uh, we got Doomsday uh, fighting on one of these cards.
1: Well, where do you think I got it from, Dan? Come well, on. I didn't
0: know if you, you just come had it. out of it. it out of my brain. We actually, we actually talked about him, like, two months ago. Um, yeah, we talked about Eagle why I, I took
1: it. Yeah, that, that, that's probably why I stole the nickname at that point. Plus, these times we're living in, Dan, it's a fitting nickname, right? <laughs> I, I was told so. on I was told on Twitter that um, one of our super fans, the lone reason he comes to the podcast is to hear us talk about Russian politics. So <laughs> we got to double down on that, I think, this week. I, and, and I talk can about...
0: I can turn it up if you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna... <laughs> Was it the soccer? Shout out to the, the SGPN Soccer Show, right? Who was told that they weren't oh, yeah. they weren't enough pro Russia. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, <laughs> One they got told reviews. off. And they, they got called racist, I think, because I, I don't know what exactly happened. There, but they, yeah,
0: yeah, I don't. I, I didn't listen to that particular episode, but being told that you're not pro Russia enough is a it's a take in 2022. I wasn't ready for.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's good. It takes the heat off the rest of us. Uh, we can just fly under the radar with our with our dumb takes on whatever we have dumb takes on. So there's always things we can have takes on in MMA, but I don't really want to talk about any of this. Domestic violence and all this other nonsense that fighters are constantly getting into. So, um, you don't, don't want to, want to talk, talk about
0: Shale Sonnen saying that no. he doesn't remember beating up ten people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Shale Sonnen. The he already was a felon. Like uh, I don't even want to get into it with that guy. How he's he's constantly <laughs> every every day in my in my feed, even after this he's like credited as like a reputable news source all the time from the sites are constantly Chill sudden says like chel sudden lies
0: nonstop. Yeah. stop for being a liar and cheater yeah. his gimmick was that he was a good liar like. Exactly. You know? and he was like
1: mortgage fraud and all that stuff and back in the day like it's his whole thing is lying
0: I, so. I love i love when they cite him and they're like john jones will be back by the end of the year and i'm like why would Shale Sunin have information about John Jones? Exactly.
1: So yeah, I hate that. I hate all the MMA sites going for the clicks, which you will not see on my site, moneymma.substack.com. dot com. Um, Dana White reacts to Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, that's a real. <laughs> new, that's, that's a news story, guys. Every site, even sites like the big sites, are all like, "So and so reacts to this," and so like, that's not. You're just trying to. Bandwagon, jump onto something that's going to be googled a lot. But hey, whatever they got bills to pay, right?
0: I guess so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what's going on in their lives. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we're talking about it as as it is. So uh, who's to say? Um, we're talking about trying to get those
0: clicks. We're trying to get exactly. We're
1: talking about them talking about it. Uh, I'm going to call this the slap. That's what the episode is going to be called. And (sighs) everyone's going to want to hear our takes on it, which I don't have one. Um, we did get one. Um question from a person on slack other than super jog um i'm mean, so knock that one out of here before we, we break down some fights for you uh he was wondering yeah his name is daniel what a weird name eh i wonder if yes. his family calls him danny we should we can have to find that out uh maybe he can get back to us and let us know um one of our our thoughts on nick's rule fights like the one demetrius johnson just had in one fc it's something the one fc seems to like to do a lot um my quick take is I really not interested in, in them at all. Like the second I hear like a mixed rolls and I like, go, oh, it's not, it's just not going to be a real fight. It's going to be an exhibition fight. So I kind of tune out and not pay attention to it. That's my maybe cynical take, but that, that's my take on it.
0: I'll say this about it. So on in one perspective, I do like some aspects of it. And another one, I, I really do, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I kind of hate it. I will say this, if it is between two fighters who kind of, have exhausted all of who they're going to fight or maybe are like towards the end of their career. Like, you know what? If if Anderson Silva wanted to do that right now with a boxer where he was going to box in one round and then he could use Muay Thai knees in the second round and then had to go back to boxing strictly in the third round. I'd be there because it's Anderson Silva. He's a legend. And at this point, like, what else is Anderson Silva going to do? Might as well do something weird, right? Because um, cause if you tell me that Anderson Silva is booked in a straight MMA fight with anybody credible, I'm going to, like, roll my eyes and be like, dude, that guy should freaking retire at this point, right? Um, so, like, if you do something weird like that with a guy, you know, clearly on his way out, just trying to have a little bit of fun, I'm here for it. The reason I didn't really love the Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson one is, like, he, I, I still think he's probably the best flyweight in the world, right? Like, I, I, yeah, he got caught with a weird grounded knee and knocked out last time. But, like, that's a rule set that he didn't fight in for most of his career in the first place. And in the second place, like, it, it seems like he got caught. But that doesn't mean he's not still the greatest flyweight in the world. So I, we're, we're I feel like we're kind of wasting time letting him you know, if he held his own or if he didn't hold his own against, you know, Rod Tang, like it doesn't really matter what happened in that Muay Thai round. As long as he didn't get knocked out, he was always going to submit the the Muay Thai fighter in the second round. So I I both want to see it be a little bit more competitive. Like I said, you know, if you gave Anderson Silva could use kicks and knees in the second and fourth, but not in the first and third, like that, that could be competitive with a boxer, right? But like this, like, we can take down a guy who only does Muay Thai. Like, he, he's got no ground game to speak of, and you're putting him in there with the best flyweight in the world. So, yeah, like, I, I like it as a concept, but in certain circumstances, and certainly not this one, and there's got to be, like, a little bit more parody, I would say. Um, I, I don't want to see this with guys who could still be fighting really fun. Fight. Like, like Mighty Mouse could have a rematch. Mighty Mouse could fight John Lineker. Mighty Mouse could fight, like, th- there's lots of options. Mighty Mouse could... Freaking leave one, which would actually be pretty nice. Like there there's lots of different places he could go and seeing him just do like weird exhibition fight kinda doesn't do anything for me.
1: Yeah, or like I'm I'm down for that circus MMA stuff or the circus fight stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Where it's
1: like three on one and they have to use like uh they have to dress up in those like big stuffed sumo suits and they can hit each other with pillows. Like that stuff's cool. But you know, it, you either have a real fight or don't have a real fight is, is my my take on it. But
0: I will I will say I I have never watched any of that fight. circuit. No, I haven't either. I think I think the <laughs> here's the thing I've about clips. fight circus. clips.
1: Are, clips are all I need to see.
0: Yeah, like the occasional clip on Twitter and. Uh, I th- I think I enjoy the fight announcement as the best part. Where I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna put a couple of guys in a Volkswagen Beetle and let a box. Like, what does yeah. that even yeah. what does that even mean? Like, you know, like I I think I enjoy that more than I think I would enjoy watching it because I I wouldn't enjoy watching it. I don't think like, um, but yeah, like I I think that promotion. <laughs> I feel like that promotion is going to fail because there's going to be too many people who do exactly what we do, and that's uh, watch the clips on Twitter and enjoy the fight announcement more than we would actually enjoy watching uh, people share a t-shirt.
1: Yep, and Dan watches everything, too, so that's quite a uh, damning uh, statement on on that fight promotion because Dan watches everything.
0: Well, not everything because I am going – I'm going to give another shout-out to Superfan Jong here today because – he yep. he requested that we talk about some some weekend MMA here, some some Friday Saturday MMA. And he suggested the PFL Challenger series, which uh at first I was like the PFL Challenger series has been notoriously bad. Like it's been it's been really bad uh in my opinion, either just, you know, really poorly made matchups, uh stuff that's really one-sided. You know, I I don't know if you know Billy Big Sexy Swanson, but he was like a regional fighter in Tennessee. What a name. Yeah, he was a regional fighter in Tennessee who looks just like you should, while we're on the air and while I'm talking about how much I hate PFL Challenger Series, just Google Billy Big Sexy Swanson. And if you're listening at home, do it as well. Um, But, like, this uh, this weekend's Challenger Series, every single fighter on the card is making their pro debut. None of them have had professional fights before, so uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't think even I could watch or handicap uh, PFL Challenger Series this week with ten fighters at O and O in their pro careers.
1: Yeah, so that's once again damning, damning uh, indictment on PFL. So sorry, super fan John, but you're you're getting picks anyhow. So Dan's just um,
0: did you did you Dan, Google Dan's telling you. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't. That's true. I should have. Uh, Kevin uh, Ash. No, I didn't Google him. No. I, I, I'm I gonna. You, send, I I, like. I'll
0: send it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> All
1: right. While Dan sends that to me, maybe I should tell you about a couple of our uh, our ad reads here, and then we can actually give you some betting picks because that's the goal. Almost every episode, we want to give you some some leading picks on this here this year podcast. Let's tell you about WinBet. You can always win over there. Looking for Las Vegas-style casino fun in the palm of your hand? Look no further than Winbet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. From classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots, Winbet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive 100% first match up to 1000 bucks. Winbet win hour from 2 to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Better prices on select games. Anyone who has the Winbet app is alerted right on the hour. Bet 500 dollars plus on college basketball Thursday to Sunday and be entered to win a two-night stay at Wynn Las Vegas. For example, if the your wages 1100 bucks on men's college basketball tournament Thursday to Sunday, you are eligible to receive two entries into the prize draw. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started today. Here's the fun part. Offer some change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where we play through. Winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And speaking of downloads and stuff, in SGPN, we have an app. You should download it. But also, we're giving away $1,000. Final four, $1,000 giveaway straight out of Daniel Gumby-Vreeland's next paycheck. SGPN is added it again, this time giving away 1000 bucks of Gumby's money, like I said, in their final four contest. Respond to 10 questions, and whoever has the most correct wins a thousand dollars simple as that to enter just go to sports slash final four that's sports gambling com slash f-i-n-a-l-f-o-u-r and i think this is the first first stands heard that this is actually coming out of his pay so hopefully it's cool with you you're a generous guy right
0: i uh somewhat generous i would maybe um <laughs> also you should check your email
1: Wow, I got an email. See we're old fashioned we use emails we don't we're not like direct messaging people It's it says big sexy, which usually I don't open those emails it's, that'll get you some issues but wow <laughs> that guy's interesting looking dude,
0: yeah, that was. That's
1: just, what, is this, what does this tattoo
0: say? It says "Property of Saudi Daisy," which, uh, to my understanding, is the place where they used to fight. In uh, he used to fight for Valor Fighting Championships. When I used to work for a uh, website that shall not be named, uh, I used to have to watch and like clip a bunch of their shows. Uh, and it was live from Saudi Daisy, which I, I don't know what Saudi Daisy is. Cool. It sounds like a, a strip club or a skeezy bar, but yeah, he. Apparently he fought enough there that he got a tattoo that says property of Saudi Davy on <laughs>
1: Wow. He got branded perhaps. Um <laughs> does he really does he really need the Made in the USA
0: tattoo? I think it's I think when you look at him it's pretty it's obvious. Yeah. yeah. It does. This is but this isn't a Billy Swanson's podcast. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could, it could asked actually earlier today I asked the bosses if we could do one, a spin off one, so I uh, haven't heard back yet. Um but in the meantime we'll we'll stick to stick to um more mainstream mma um we're gonna jump across the pond as they call it we're gonna go to the home of the greatest band ever oasis in manchester england for cage warriors 135 skabinski versus Berlinson. um cage warriors that they tend to do back-to-back events and they're doing that again this weekend so we got a friday and a saturday event um we'll start off with the friday one this is the first one which will show up on your screens whatever you you watch your your fights on because this one is midnight on friday so basically thursday night slash friday morning however whoever you want to think of it um midnight eastern time um we got k2r's 135 like i said skrabinski versus berlinson it is coming from the bec arena in manchester england we got 13 fights on the card dan has picked out three fights for us to do picks on um now, there's no title fights or anything on this card. How do you decide which ones are worthy of, of our attention?
0: So I, I went with the main event, the most notable name, and then one fight between like the highest ceiling seeming prospects. Okay. Um because Do you watch re- a lot of Cage Warriors? Uh I I follow a lot of Cage Warriors. Um yeah. so so, you know, I, I try to watch it when I can, but a lot of times they do these Friday cards or um, sometimes their Saturday cards are, like, before UFC cards, and, like, if I'm invested in watching a UFC card, I, that's there's five hours of my day, so I really can't commit yeah. another four, so sometimes I, I wind up just catching the results or looking for highlights or going back and watching a fight or two that somebody suggested, but I always follow the results and stuff because there's, uh you know, it, it's the easiest way for a European prospect to wind up in the UFC. It's where we've seen yep. so many good guys out of. Um, and there may even be one or two that we talk about on this show that are going to come out of Cage Warriors and wind up in the UFC. Oh,
1: really? really? Well, let's get right into it then. Because on paper, it doesn't look like the strongest card to me. Like, um, I The one,
0: the, one like... the next night is actually better.
1: Yeah. I think Justin Burlinson may be the only name I actually jumped off the screen that I remember. Um. But yeah, you know, let's let's dive into it. First one you want us to to um, get into here. It's a 150 pound catchweight fight, I guess. Uh, Federico Pasquale versus Paul McBain. Um, two featherweights. Do you know why they're fighting at 150? Is there a, any reason for that?
0: I haven't seen any yet. Um, I, no. I don't know if it's, it's travel because Pasquale is coming from Italy. Italy sounds correct. Um, I believe he's coming from Italy. Columbia? and idea yeah I think that might be some of it but i'm I'm not hundred percent sure
1: he does have an Italian flag besides his his name on topology so oh look at the that gentleman has a, a gentleman has a Scottish gentleman has flag i believe yes he's mcbain, McBain is, is very, very Scottish. Relatives are from yeah. uh, mcbain <laughs> mcbain from uh that, that McBain is totally not Scottish the one from Scotland no, he's he's, totally he's not, not he's he's Austrian, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he's Austrian, yeah, he seems that way all right. um, why are we breaking down this fight before I give you some uh, our listeners some info on it? You're well, McB- someone here
0: well, McBain is seven and two, which is a pretty damn good record in the first place he he he's had uh he's had a pretty long cage warriors career like most of his pro career has come that way um he, he's beaten some pretty damn good guys in there. he's fought some really tough guys um Pasquali 6 and 0 which you don't see out of Italian prospects all that often and uh, has fought a bunch of times for Venator, which I don't know uh, how much you know about Venator, but it is, like, the only Italian promotion that's super good, although I guess I, I was told to check out Golden Cage next time it has an event, which is also an Italian promotion. Um, but, yeah, like, I'll be honest uh, and, and bury the lead here. I, I'm kind of high on Paul McBain. I, I think oh, despite my despite the fact he's one in two in his last three, he's also a six-foot featherweight, um, which is there you go. fun and freaky as hell.
1: <laughs> yep. All right. Then let me tell you some info on, on these here dudes and um, and we can see why he's so big on McBain. Let's tell you about post first. He's undefeated 6-0. Three knockouts, two submissions. This will be his cage warrior debut. He's got three straight finishes on his record. However, he hasn't fought in over a year. It was actually, I think, March 27th, I believe, when I saw it earlier today. Uh, he's five years younger than McBain, plus 200. McBain's nickname is The Locomotive, so of course Dan's got to go for him. Uh, he's 6-2, and two, three knockouts, one submission. He's, he's, both of his losses have come via submission. Uh, he's 4-2 and two in Cage Warriors. He won via TKO his last fight. However, he's only won one of his last three fights. Two inches taller than Pasquale, minus 260. So just on paper, it doesn't look like McBain is that great, Dan. So, so tell us why you're so high on him.
0: So so one of his losses is to Aiden Lee, which I, I think you can excuse that one. Lee is an absolute beast, um, another guy who I think you'll see in the UFC someday. Um, but, like, I, I really just like the tie. It, I don't want to call it just tie striking because it's it's got, like, a tie style to it. But he's he, you know, doesn't keep his hands quite as low and stuff like that. But he's got great leg kicks, great kicks to the body. Um, he, he's got really nice combinations from, like, going from a punch to a kick, um, sometimes even like same side stuff, like right, right hand followed by a right kick to the body. Um, which I really just, I, I just really have enjoyed his creative striking. And I think it lends itself well to picking up knockouts. Uh, in, and if he gets on a run, like he did early in his career, I could totally see him in the UFC. He is a little bit older, which was a, a kind of a bummer for me when I was doing research on him. Cause like, I thought he was way younger. Um, but it turns out he's in his younger thirties. Uh, and I, I think. He's still got time. He just needs to beat up a couple of guys like Frederico Pasquale, who is a guy who's fought, you know, he has a 6-0 and record, but at the same time has fought extremely low-level competition. He tends to, like, slug it out with guys and get hit when he should really just, like, be able to back away and outclass them. Um And when he does shoot a takedown, a lot of it is muscle. Um And I think that that's going to bode really poorly against a guy like Paul McBain because, as we see, You you go for those big, high, single legs. Somebody who's got long legs just kind of, like, outbalances you and makes you look stupid. So I think McVeigh is going to do that. He's going to pick apart Federico Pasquale um, and probably win here. There you go. Dan,
1: I'm going to mark it down. I'm not making picks because I don't know any of these people. I'm marking Dan down. You know some of these Uh, people. I'll tell Dan. We'll get to some people you know. It's true. Actually, yeah, wait a minute. There is someone I know coming up. It's not just Berlinson. The dentist is on this card. Um, we're gonna do that one next, aren't we? Let's move on up to where is the dentist on this card, Dan? He's farther down of the card. Is he on this card?
0: I don't I don't know what you're currently looking at. <laughs> did he get pulled from at... this? Did he get pulled from this card since we did our Oh my Maybe. god.
1: He's supposed to fight it's supposed to be His Darren's.
0: opponent, his opponent just tested positive for COVID like twenty minutes ago.
1: <laughs> uh, all right, well.
0: We're just in nine
1: fights. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to book. That's why I can find him. Darren Stewart was supposed to fight. Some D'Souza fell. Some. I got COVID. nine so right, yeah. fights. That's fine. Um, then we won't waste our time telling you about a fight. That's not going to happen. All right. To the main he event. Was um, 1, all, he was a negative 1,000 yeah. favorite.
0: He was a negative 1,000 favorite.
1: Were you going to take? Were you taking Darren? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was going to punch his head. I in. take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Well, there you go. Too bad for Darren Stewart. Um, all right, first of all, before I break it down, why is this the main event? Um, it would be – the fighting question would be Daniel Skibinski, Justin Burlinson.
0: I would put it as the main event mostly because Justin Burlinson is a guy who I think Cage Warriors is high on. Um, th- this is like the time of your career in a Cage Warriors career where you get a main event. He's like, you know, 5-0, and 6-1, oh, right in that, that range. Um, his only loss is to uh, – a guy on contender series last year. Other than that, he was undefeated. He was seemingly running through Bellator and Bama, and he had a win in cage warriors. And now uh, he's going to get that cage warriors main event, which should either get him back in the UFC or another shot at contender series. And the way they do that is they book him against like a super veteran, a guy who's fought, everywhere for a really long time and could possibly test him uh and that's what you're getting here in david david daniel skabinski
1: super veteran um so we got a welterweight fight um poland's daniel skabinski versus ireland's is, is ireland or is he england he's england isn't he english justin Berlinson?
0: yes he's from england
1: my son would be on at me because he's Knows about every flag for every country. He'd be screaming, "That's English flag, obviously." Yes, Justin Burleson. All right, let's break her down. Let's tell you about Skibinski. He's known. He goes by Skiba. He's 18 6, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted once. This is his Cage Warriors debut. He's gone 12 and one over his last 13 fights. Uh, he won via TKO. No, sorry, he got TKO at his last fight, which ended his 12 fight winning streak. There, um, plus 100 even money. Come back in him. So we got a tight main event. All right, he will be fighting Justin Burlinson, who you may remember from last season, right? Yes, last season. Of
0: yes, last season. season the Ultimate, or of the Contender Series. Yes.
1: Of the Ultimate Contender Series, Um, of Dana White. He's six and one two knockouts, four submissions, and he's been knocked out once, so he's never gone to the distance in his career. 1-0 in Cage Warriors, 0-1 in, in Contender Series, where he got knocked out by Johan Leynnessy. Something like that, right?
0: That's close enough. Yeah, that's close enough.
1: (laughs) Got knocked out by him. That was his last fight. Uh, He was 2-0 on Bellator as well. So he's a lot of high-level experience here. Seven years younger, two inches taller, two inches reach, minus 130. Over to you.
0: I'm actually going to take Skibinski in this one. It's part of why I wanted to talk about this one. Um, Yeah, like, I just think... Burlington, coming off of his loss on the Contender Series, he's here, and they booked him in a fight where he's supposed to be able to make a real big statement. Um, and I think he's the better striker here by quite a bit. But I think people sleep on just how good of a wrestler Skabinski is. Um, he, he's, like, quite a bit older, obviously, but he's, like, a, a Polish—I don't know if he's a national team wrestler, but I've seen, like, highlights of him just on a wrestling mat. So, like, he clearly does— some like pure wrestling, and it's looked really good in MMA too. Like, he, he does a really good job of getting in on doubles, he switches, he chains together well. Um, like, yeah, his some of his losses have just been being by being knocked out by really good dudes like Ishmael Nardiev. Uh, but at the same time, like, he's out wrestled a lot of dudes and he's got good grounded pound when it hits the ground. I just think that's gonna be bad for Berwinson. So uh yeah, like I, I kinda of like the underdog play here.
1: All right, there you go. Some even money for you coming back on Skabinski. So that is Cage Wars one thirty five. Um, like I said, Friday slash Thursday, depend depending on where you live, but um Eastern, midnight, Eastern time, uh Friday morning slash Thursday night, uh for the East Coast people, um and is on UFC Fight Passes pretty much Pretty much everything you don't really come across anything that's not uh UFC if i pass now so um all right now we're going to jump up to there's another friday event that you want to cover um speaking of east coast this one is ces 67 it's going down friday night 8 p.m eastern so you can um you can rest up after staying up all night to watch cage warriors so you can rest up and check out ces 67 so 8 p.m friday night um it is coming to us from the connecticut convention center in hartford connecticut uh ufc fight pass once again uh, um and this no yeah one fight in this card Dan. i want to break down it is for the middleweight ces middleweight championship of the world can we say of the world when it's
0: an a uh a, a promotion like ces dan I think it's the CES of the world, so yeah. Sure, that's true. Okay, and they're they're yeah. starting to get more global too. Uh, they're not just fighting in the northeast this year. Rumor is there will be in Fargo, North Dakota, soon.
1: No, okay. So the <laughs> North Central, what is that? North Central, North. Who? I,
0: north- I don't. I don't try to classify the Dakotas. <laughs> <yeah.
1: Okay>. South. <laughs> well, it's we'll, South we'll Canada
0: is so. where it is. It's South Canada.
1: It's true. That's that's what it is. That is true. All right, so we got Billy Goff, who is no, he's the welterweight champ right now, correct?
0: Correct, and he's taking this fight on and short notice. This fight was originally right. supposed to be uh, Justin Sumter versus Eric Spicely, UFC vet Eric Spicely, right?
1: Yes, that's yeah. So he's moving up in weight to fight for the middleweight title. So this is this a vacant title? I take it.
0: Uh yes. Currently, it's vacant.
1: Okay. Let's let's break it down. Justin Fort Sumter, eight and four, two knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out three times, submitted once, so he's been finishing all of his losses. He's four and one CES. He won his last fight via submission. However, that was his only win in his past three fights. Uh, he also went one and two in Bellator, 0 oh and two on the Contender Series. Uh, he's four to Tyler Ling off six inches of reach on him, plus one thirty-five. Goff, who's taken this on short notice, six and two, four knockouts. He's been knocked out once himself. He's one and zero in CES via knockout. That uh, that was last March, that is what got him the welterweight title. He's won four straight fights. Uh, He also was the Cage Titans welterweight champion. He also was two and zero in Bellator. He's nine years younger
0: than Sumter, minus one sixty five. I'm I'm gonna go with Sumter in this one. Um, another underdog play that I I I kind of like in this one. Yeah, well, like. It's weird to me, right? Billy Goff is the welterweight champion coming up in weight on short notice uh, to fight Sumter who had been preparing for a fight anyway, and not for anything, like, don't get me wrong, Billy Goff is on a better recent run, but he's a guy who has been, like, bodied up by guys who can grapple a little bit, which Sumter can, like, Sumter's got some pretty good grappling skills, but... Like, if if you take it back to some of his losses, one of his losses is to Cameron Lachinov, which you might remember from The Ultimate Fighter. He was probably one of the worst guys on the middleweight season that Brian Battle won. Um, but he, like, just has, like, decent wrestling and, like, the will to move forward. And I think Sumter could probably win this fight on this alone. In addition to that, like, in that last fight for Billy Goff, he, like, got tagged a bunch by Gary Balotello Jr., and that's not a good sign when you're fighting somebody like Justin Sumter, who is going to be, you know, not not just bigger, but a substantially longer um, and with better submissions. So, yeah, I, I like Sumter in this one. I was very shocked that he was an underdog.
1: He's making up names now, Gary Baratalo
0: Jr. No, no. People C- love him C- people no one knows love C- him C- in CES <laughs> because his dad was a boxer for CES boxing back in the day. So they say Gary oh, yeah. Volatello Jr. out in these parts, or at least at Twin River Casino in Rhode Island, which is where they have most of their events. <laughs> and people go ballistic. He gets a huge crowd. Right, right.
1: <laughs> so my my joke fell flat, unfortunately. Um, anything else on this card that, that interests you or any other fighters that interest you on this card?
0: Yeah, there, there's actually a couple of really good fighters in here. I didn't put them down as fights to break down because I think they're just going to roll so easily. But one of them is Eddie George, uh, not the running back from the Tennessee Titans in the uh, early 2000s. But the guy it's is wrong. Yeah, it's spelled wrong. It's E-D-D-Y. But the guy has got four first round finishes looking very good in all of them. Granted, he hasn't fought very much competition. He also had a bunch of stoppages as a amateur. He's looked so Super good as a pro so far. They're giving him a guy I think he's just going to roll over again. But, like, he'll be 5-0 and with a win here and probably in line for, like, some sort of big fight and some sort of big promotion coming up. I've also got my eye just sort of slightly on Pat Casey, who's a guy who I think – Has kind of achieved below his potential. He's eight and four, but largely due to like a really ugly three fight losing streak. He had at one point Um, all in like very short order, but outside of that, he's beaten some like decent guys and he's fought some good guys too. So um, I'm interested to see how he looks. I think he's going to roll over the guy he's fighting Um, in Mike Kimbrell is a name of a guy who, Uh, Had a lot of hype behind him. He got signed to Bellator far too early, fought dudes who were too good for him, and now finds himself, like, trying to make good on the promises, and they found him some scrub for him to beat the hell out of. So um, that should be fun, too, in a terrifying way.
1: So um, CS is better at booking people than Bellator, is what you're saying.
0: Correct. Yes, they do a better. J- they are. <laughs> they do a better job of making sure that their hot prospects do not get squished by somebody random. Did you ever? This is such a good Bellator example of it, and I don't mean to go off yes. on a tangent, but that's what we're good at. Um, did you ever see when they had Hoist's son making his debut? Yep. Yep. Um, Hoist Gracie's son made his debut in Bellator, which also seemed a little sacrilegious. Um. But uh, immediately was kneed into oblivion by, like, this weird, like, six-foot-five Bantamweight uh, who just uh, is mostly a grappler, doesn't even strike, which is why they wanted him in there with Gracie. Uh, and he just landed a knee on a takedown attempt and knocked him out cold. It was, like, the most Bellator thing to happen.
1: Yes, sirree. That's Bellator for you, so. All right, so that is anybody else on CS or is, is that good?
0: Nah, that pretty much takes care of it.
1: All right. Let me tell you about Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is, now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stables. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Final Four is set. And PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. The last two weeks, PropSwappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then, after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock it in a profit. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35-1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap before their Elite Eight game, Patrick turned $1,000 into $6,000 guaranteed the buyer got the best odds in the country. Go to ProSwap.com or download the free ProSwap app today. ProSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, low-to-rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and the first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and ProSwap will match your deposit up to 500 bucks. Join the real sports betters on ProSwap where America buy, buys and sells sports bets. All right, now we're going to jump over to Cage Warriors, 136. The next night, um, Milan versus Duncan. Once again, BC Arena in Manchester. This one is Saturday night slash Friday night at midnight, um, Eastern Time. Uh, this one, we do have a title fight. Cage Warriors Middleweight Championship will be going. Uh, we'll be up for grabs in the main event. Um, but first, Dan wants to break down the co-main event. Aaron Abbey versus... Gerardo Fanny. I think you just wanted me to say Fanny is the only reason you picked that fight, correct?
0: I I mean, I did want that, but also I really do like Gerardo Fanny.
1: (laughs) I bet you like Gerardo's Fanny, don't you, Dan? Um, All right, let's break it down. Hey, maybe that could be the name for the episode, Gerardo's Fanny. (laughs) Hey, you haven't said anything else, Worthy. It could be. All right, let's let's break it down. Um, Abby. Is it Abby or uh, Abai?
0: I think it's Abby, but Abby? I, I I will admit I'm not positive about that.
1: All right, let's let's find out uh, what I can tell. What I am positive about is that he's twelve four and one, with one knockout force missions as a pro. He's been knocked out once; it's the only time he's been stopped in a fight. Uh, he's one and one in Cage Warriors. He's gone five and one and one over his last seven fights, including a win in his last fight. Uh, don't have any info on his reach, so I can't get you that. Uh, it hasn't it hasn't been released. He's very. Uh, I'm shy about his reach, apparently. He's at plus 140. Fanny, 11-2, six knockouts, three submissions. He's been submitted twice, so both of his losses have come via submission, and he's fighting a guy who has four submission wins. Uh, he's 2-1 in, in Cage Warriors. He's won two straight fights via knockout or slash TKO. He's won three of his last four. He is a regional champion, used to fight at Bantamweight. This one is down at Flyweight. He's an inch taller, five years younger than Abby, minus 170. Now, Dan's going to tell you why he likes Gerardo's Fanny.
0: I I do really like Gerardo Fanny uh, for for a whole number of reasons, but you know you mentioned he's going down in weight class, which uh, is is a thing that people worry about sometimes. But I, I really enjoy his striking quite a bit. Um, you know, Abby's a kind of a a guy who relies on um, grappling, but I wouldn't say wrestling. Like, he, he's very good at jujitsu, but he's not necessarily all that good at getting the fight to the ground. So if he gets it there, like, you might be in trouble. But ultimately, like, Fanny has only lost to, like, some really tippity-top guys. Like, he lost to Jack Cartwright, who I think is, is a future UFC fighter, too. Um, And meanwhile, anybody else, he just toasts on the feet. He, like, beats the hell out of them. Um, you know, early in his career, he was getting a little bit more submissions. But now, you know, flying knees, you know, big punches— I think he's just going to absolutely batter Abby on the feet here. And when I was looking at the odds, too, I was surprised they were as close as they were. I I don't know if the bookmakers think that Abby's got a chance of wrestling Fanny, but I really don't think he does. So negative 165 is a number. uh, Did you say is that the number you said? Negative 165? 170.
1: Yeah. Okay. So negative
0: 170. That's a great number for Fanny if if you're looking for uh, somewhere to burn a little cash.
1: That's not burn. Invest, Dan. It's That's right. Team.
0: Invest it.
1: <laughs> I was going to ask you about the line, but now I don't have to because you already said the good line. So, Dan is all in on Dorado's Fanny. Um, all right, main event. Uh, is it just Jati, or do you say the D? It's I think Jati. It's, I think it's Jati. <laughs> Jati Milan. He is from. Where is
0: he from? Ireland. He's from Ireland. He's fighting. No, the, I mean, he's no. He's or from he the. Or out I, of I, Ireland. He's So that flag is deceiving. That's the Ivory Coast flag. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's it's the like, Ivory Coast, it looks uh, – but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, he now uh, lives in Ireland or lives in – no, he lives in Paris. He lives in France. Um, but okay. he's from the Ivory Coast originally. Okay, gotcha.
1: All right, he's fighting Christian Leroy Duncan, who is Irish, correct? No, English. Uh, He's English, British, yeah. <laughs> all right, this is for the Cage Warriors Middleweight Championship, 5 5-minute five rounds. Um, do we have a champ? Yes. Um, Milan is the champ. Um, all right, so let's tell you about him first. He's 8-0 with 3 knockouts. 2-0 in Cage Warriors, uh including being their champion. I uh, don't have info, they don't have info on his age or his reach, so he's very much a mystery man. Plus 200 on the champion. You don't see that very often. Uh, Duncan, 5-0, three knockouts, one submission. All of his fights have come in Cage Warriors, so it's very uh, very impressive to go 5-0 in Cage Warriors uh, starting out your career. He won his last fight via submission, three inches taller than Milan, minus 260. So why is Duncan such a big favorite here going up against the champ?
0: I mean I think they people like Christian Leroy Duncan um also I'm pretty sure he goes by Christian Leroy Duncan because there was a Chris Duncan in the the in, Bellator in Europe and yeah. I but so like this this makes him a different Chris Duncan um I think it's, some of it is because he's fought exclusively in Cage Warriors and he's got some really big finishes, including, like, a spinning back kick and, like, a very quick rear naked choke. He fought for IMMAF um, in their European tournaments, which I know bodes really well, because, like, if you think about the people who have done that, like, you know, that that's why we love Manal Firo. So even though he's only 5-0, and he does have, like, 30 fights in his career. Um, but with that being said, I, I just don't think the value is there on the Christian Duncan line. I think it's definitely there on the Jati Milan uh, line because he is such a physical specimen. He's so fucking strong. And his skills when it comes to holding somebody up against the cage are really sharp. Like his head placement, the where he holds his arms, how he finishes takedowns up against the cage, really smart. And in some of the highlights I've watched of Christian Duncan – that is probably one of his weakest areas. Sometimes people back him up against the cage just by like, you know, with, with feints and strikes like that. And then once they get him there, he doesn't work off the cage particularly well. And I ultimately think that that could probably be his undoing here against Milan. So, um, especially like, like I already had, had kind of had this fight back and forth and I was leaning Milan because of, um, the fact that he, he can control this fight and then when I saw a plus two hundred line, I was like, "Oh, it's got to be Jati then." So, uh, yeah, value all in on Jati's line here. All
1: right, there you go. He's all in on Jati's line and all in on Gerardo's fanny. So that, that concludes. K2R's one thirty six. Any anything else that we should keep our eye on on this card? Maybe not in the gambling way, but just in the fan of the sport way.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a fan of the sport, always uh, Cage Warriors have great uh, cards that they're putting together. I do I like this- – this is going to be a weird one, but there's this guy from Belgium who I really enjoy watching, and I'm never going to say his last name correctly. They call him Q-Bomb, but his name is Jan Quay Hagans. Um I'm sure I butchered that. It's such a hard name to say. But I've really enjoyed watching him fight. He's, like, had a ton Who's of – Who's going to know, really? yeah i I don't think anybody's gonna know that I said it wrong um but he's had a ton of fun fights, and he's like slowly putting together a really nice run where he's been five and one uh I don't think he's on any major promotions radar um outside of like you know Bellator is having an event in in Brussels anytime soon um but I mean it's kind of to see him fight because I think he's he's kind of fun um I know people are high on Jack Eglin who's only two and zero, and he's fighting another fun prospect so yeah, like, always watch a Cage Warriors card if you've got the time and the means because uh, it always – they always bring, like, both really exciting fights and, like, tons of these guys will be in the UFC one day.
1: Yeah, there's um, – especially if if they get a championship belt around their waist and it's – pretty much guarantee that they're going to end up in the UFC. Uh, a lot of times they end up with two championship belts around the waist and then they end up in the UFC. So, all right. Um, that is cage Wars 136. Like I said, that is Friday night slash Saturday morning, midnight Eastern time. And then later on that night, there is another MMA event. This is kind of like the MMA event for you. like the Island of misfit UFC fighter. Um, because yeah, basically any uh, any fighter who washed out of the UFC is, is fighting in XMMA nowadays. So maybe they pay really good. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen pay, uh, release pay for them. But um, they have a lot of big names on this here card that we're going to break down. So this is Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, coming from New Orleans. Uh, you can go to their website. This one is not on Fight Pass. So go to XMMA.com to figure out how... To watch the event, uh, they stream it there. I don't know the cost or anything like that because I haven't bothered looking into it. haha <laughs> ha. Um, so this is from come, coming to us from the Fillmore, New Orleans, Louisiana. The main event is Francisco Rivera versus John Dodson. A couple of names that you you know um, surely if you listen to this, but um, we're not going to start with them. We're going to start with some other washouts. UFC washouts. Um, I love names. We'll call them. Lightweight fight: Curtis Miller versus Jared Gooden. Um, um, I thought I was rid of the Gooden, Gordon, Jared thing, Dan, but I, I almost started doing the data for Jared Gordon, I uh, swear to God, when I was doing this. And then I'm like, wait a minute, it's Gooden, not Gordon. So uh, I'm never going to be free of this, I don't think.
0: No, I, I don't think so either. You're you're constantly <laughs> going to get Jared Gooden, Gordon stuff. And if Gooden wins on this card, who knows how close he'll be to being back in the UFC.
1: Exactly. All right, let's let's tell you about this fight. He's fighting another former UFC fighter, like I said. Curtis Millinder. Um, who has one of the worst nicknames ever? Curtis. Curtis Millinder. It's, yeah. you, you it ain't good. If you're a fighter, right? It ain't good. Nope. Nope, it's not. I, I get it. It's a play on your, on your first name. I get it. But it's still not a good nickname. So anyhow, he is 18-8 and eight with six knockouts. He's been submitted five times. This will be his debut for XMMA. Now, he's lost three straight fights, and he's only won one of his last six. So that's how he ended up in XMMA. He was 0-2 in PFL, 3-3 in Bellator, three and two in the UFC. He's won a couple of regional championships. Uh, since both these guys were in the UFC, I compared their stats while they were in the UFC. Um, and his graphing stats are better than Gooden's. Um, he's two inches taller as well, plus 165. Uh, Jared Gooden, not Jared Gordon, is nicknamed Night Train, but it's spelled incorrectly. You know my thoughts on that, Dan. I don't like when people misspell <laughs> I, things. So I, I'm an editor and I'm constantly having to change. I Except do know Dan's writing. Dan's writing. Dan's writing is always, always um, perfect. I don't have to change much in his. But um, anyhow, he's the night train, N-I-T-E train. 19-7, and 7, eight knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out once. Uh, the only time he's been stopped in his, in his pro career. This is also his ex-MMA debut. He's got win-loss-win over his last three fights. He used to fight at middleweight. This one's down at welterweight. He went one and three in the UFC. He has missed weight at welterweight before, so something to keep in mind. He was the NFC champion. He's the more active striker of the two when, uh, during their UFC career. He's six years younger than Millinder, got an inch of reach on a minus 205. And now Dan's going to tell you who's going to win this fight.
0: So before I tell you who's going to win this fight, uh, I too wanted to see if XMMA uh, dishes out the big bucks for their fighters. And so I did a little Googling, and the very first uh, option that comes out is a nice article written by a fine man named Jeff Fox. Uh, oh, so who, I do know this? Who, who, did, who told me how much fighters uh, made at XMMA1, uh, where the two, or the headliner made six grand. Um, oh, there you which go. Is so not people good. People
1: complain about UFC,
0: uh, the, him, but it's still a double. And the co-headliner who lost made two grand, uh, or no, one, I think he won that fight, made two grand, Uh, Chris Curtis, uh, notable UFC middleweight was on that card. He made twenty five hundred bucks.
1: So that's why people aren't complaining when they get ten grand a
0: show. (laughs) Yeah, right. And this is probably one of the better paying promotions. All right, uh, back to the fight breakdowns. I'm going to take the underdog in this one. I know I'm going a little underdog heavy here, but that's sort of why I cherry pick some of these fights. I'm like Curtis Millinder in this fight. He's He fights really long, which is something that Gooden, despite being like kind of a longer guy in his own right, doesn't do particularly well. And if you look at, at Gooden's record, like unless he knocks you out, he's probably going to lose to you. Uh, that's just kind of how his fights have gone as of late. And I think Millinder does a good enough job of staying away from like big blows here that he could probably pick them apart and win. Like I think people sleep on how good Curtis Millinder was before he was even in the UFC. Like he he was beating guys who were, you know, quite good in LFA. He had a decent Bellator run. Uh, He got to the, I mean, he beat Kevin Holland uh, back in the day. And the, the Max Griffin and Tiago Alves. So like, yeah, he's on a little bit of a rough streak now because he lost to Rory McDonald and the guy who won the PFL tournament in 2021. But, like, I still trust him over somebody like Jared Gooden, who, like, I can't go back and point to a really good win. And I just instead point to him being badly outpointed by an aging Alan Joban or Randy Brown or getting one lucky punch against Nicholas Stoltz. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like Curtis Miller quite a bit in this fight.
1: And there's a reason. Most of these guys are in XMMAs because they are on a, a losing skit, so you really can't can't uh, take that um, as they knock against against the guy. What if he fights courteously, though, Dan? Are you worried about that?
0: I actually think that would bode well, right? Like, as long okay. I, th- I think as long as he, did, you know, I know that was a joke, but like in all seriousness, <laughs> thank you he, for acknowledging. It yeah, was a joke. like I, I acknowledge that that's true, but he, in all seriousness, like he could just stay away, and I think he's going to win this fight. Like he just doesn't. As long as he doesn't get into a brawl or take a big punch on a counter, I think he probably outpoints Jared Gooden here.
1: All right. There you go. Um, Let's see if he likes a underdog again. Uh, My namesake, Doomsday uh, Howard, is fighting on this card. John Doomsday Howard versus – he's fighting the last ninja, Anj. Is it Anj or Angie? I think it's Anj Lusa. Anj Lusa, very good name. Uh, So they are fighting in a welterweight. Fight three rounds, five minutes. Let's tell you about Doomsday Howard first. 29, 18, and one. 10 knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out four times, submitted twice. He's 0 1 in XMMA. Used to fight at middleweight. He's lost two straight, and he's only won one of his last four. In He fought in PFL slash World Series of Fighting, where he went 4 4 and 1. Uh, he also fought in UFC, where he went 7 and 7. Uh, he's got a couple regional championships on his. his mantle. There you go. Um, made his pro debut in 2004, plus 240. Um, Lusa, the last ninja, 7-2, and two, five knockouts, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. This will be his ex-MMA debut. He went 0-1 in the contender series. He's got a loss, win, loss over his last three. He used to fight at lightweight, so we got a former middleweight versus a former lightweight here. He's 11 years younger than Howard, three inches of height, three inches of reach on him, despite um, them fighting at 30-pound weight differential before. Uh, minus three hundred on him. So I, what you got?
0: I, I don't like John Dukes day Howard in this fight. I think it's a nightmare fight for him. I, and I'm actually, I'm actually a pretty big Angelusa fan. If uh, you know, you mentioned his Contender Series fight. I was really high on him going into Contender Series um i I had seen some really nice fights with him where he picked up big fast knockouts and he looked decent at cage or uh titan f c but not great um his only loss was a split decision and then I went to go research who he was fighting, and he fought Jack della medalena um so oh, like we know I, him yeah, enough said now he did go the distance with Jack della medalena, which is you know it's something right and it is. Um, you know, this is a great fight for him, maybe a setup fight for him to get back to the contender series. He's a, a competent striker who was just badly outstruck by Jack Della and So I, I think for those reasons, like you can expect him to just absolutely put it on doomsday. Um, Doomsday's always got that wrestling that sometimes sneaks up on you, but I, I don't think this is going to be the case.
1: Now it's, um, is this the best-case scenario for most most people fighting in, like, an XMMA CS just to get to the Contender Series, you think?
0: I don't think so. So I, I will say this. I, I tend to believe that the UFC has been cherry-picking people for Contender Series off of Fight Pass promotions. So CES, oh, okay, yeah. so, so CES yes. LFA, yes. Cage Warriors, yes. XMMA has got a there are tw- for, for those who haven't looked at this card, there are 12 former UFC fighters fighting on this card this weekend. And so like, for that reason you would imagine there are more eyeballs on it, but it, it seems more like uh, I think the fighters think it's more important than it is, or they're paying them enough that they can, can do that fight. But like, if I'm Dana White, I am far less impressed you know, by somebody. You know, like we're we're about to talk about Kyle Stewart and Zach Otto. It's nice that they're fighting high level of competition, but I think he would rather see like Zach Otto fight a up and comer in LFA than Kyle Stewart, who he just fired.
1: Yep. Good point. There you go. Dan's got an answer for whatever I threw at him. All right, let's talk about that Kyle Stewart. Isn't he a race car driver or something?
0: That's, I think that's a different Kyle Stewart.
1: Is it you Americans <laughs> like that stuff, that race car stuff? Uh, um, this is the co-main event middleweights Kyle Stewart versus Zach Otto. A couple names you may know. Um, Zach Otto's name you, you may know more. Uh, do, do you know Stewart's nickname is Guns Up? And once again, spelled incorrectly, Dan.
0: G-U-N,
1: <laughs> G-U-N-Z-U-P. I Up.
0: I I did not, not know that.
1: <laughs> well, now now you do. You know uh, Otto's nickname, I'm sure, right?
0: The Barbarian? Is he the Barbarian?
1: Yes, yeah. He is the Barbarian. There you go. All right. Um, this is a pick fight. Let's start with the, the Barbarian. 20 and 7. Three knockouts, 12 submissions. So knocked out four times, submitted once in his career. This is his ex-MMA debut. He's won three straight fights. He went four and four in the UFC. He used to fight down at welterweight. He made his pro debut in 2012. Uh, based on the UFC stats, he's uh, striking, and he was a better had better striking stats, and he was a more active striker than Stewart was. Minus 115, guns up. Stewart, 14-5, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. 0-1 in XMMA. He's gotten loss-win-loss over his last three fights. He was 0-2 in the UFC. 1-0 in the Contender Series. He also used to fight at welterweight. He was the regional champ. Three years younger, one inch taller,
0: four inches of reach on auto. Minus 115. Yeah, I like Otto in this fight quite a bit. I, I think people forget how damn good Zach Otto was when he was in the UFC. Like he, he got fired, but he got fired going four and four and beating like Mike Pyle and Josh Berkman, uh, and losing to like Lee Li Jing and Alex Morano. Like he, he lost to legit dudes. Uh and it it's kind of upsetting that they fired him after going four and four or didn't come to an agreement on a new contract or whatever, but he's three and zero since then. And he's really gotten back to his, I think he's gotten back to his like submission grappling roots, which I, I'm really into. Like it, it's nice when a fighter realizes or re-remembers that they're like really good at certain things. And look, Kyle Stewart, I, I didn't love his run in the UFC quite as much. He got rear naked choked by chase Rencounter, who I, I wasn't really into. Um, and now he's like, you know fighting at a bigger weight class and that's not a good idea um and you know he, he was bodied up by eric coach down it uh when coach came up is it coach or Koch? i can't ever remember uh, Koch. yeah, I it's Koch. yeah. Is it Koch? I, i'm gonna go with Koch. um when <laughs> when coach came up to 170 he like manhandled kyle stewart so like I don't know what hope I give Kyle Stewart going up another weight class and facing a guy like Zach Otto is going to do for him. So this is another one I'm really into the line. I, I think a pick of odds here on Zach Otto to just absolutely outgrapple Kyle Stewart is kind of silly.
1: Are we going to influence these lines, you think, Dan? There can't be a ton of money coming in on these fights. Are, are all our digens going to flood these lines and they're going to get – well, let's see if they get out of whack by the time fight, fight night rolls around.
0: If they if do at least, we have. if they do at least, our people will be the ones benefiting.
1: Exactly. So hopefully you're listening to us on our feed. If you're listening to us on this MMA gambling podcast feed, then you got this info in in time. If you're listening to us on the SGPN feed, you had to wait an extra day or a day and a half to hear hear this. So make sure you subscribe to our feed and give us a review while you're at it. Just be a buddy. I don't care what you say. You can just don't call us racist like like they call the uh, soccer gambling
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> All right, main event time is – do they have belts in the XMMA?
0: I don't think this is for a belt, but I no. do think they have no, them. It's not or not for a belt. Plan on giving them out.
1: Okay. Uh, no, this one isn't for a belt. I just wondered if, if they had made any champions yet. So this is a bantamweight fight. John Dobson versus Francisco Rivera, Jr. I don't remember the Jr. being there before. Was the Jr. there before, Dan? I or did don't – just get it Dan.
0: I don't. Did he just get a dad? <laughs> I don't remember it being there before. I think he probably just didn't use it before.
1: What do you think about NBA players who put "senior" on their on the back? Oh god, I
0: hate it. I hate yeah, it. Annoys because, me too. I hate it almost as much as I love, or I I hate the guys who uh, are the seconds, yes. like like Kellen Winslow. Why? Well, there's other reasons to hate Kellen Winslow, but like <laughs> <a few. laughs> yeah. There's a couple. Um, but like he was Kellen Winslow the second, and I remember. Him being the first one that I remember seeing that and being like, "What the f- what the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like, what happened how to Junior? When
0: did we stop using Junior?"
1: <laughs> now you got money. You're the second. His is how it works. Um, and it doesn't help. But one of the Morris twins or one of the guys who has senior on his jersey and they're about as unlikable as as you can get. Is so.
0: it Marcus or Marquis? Keith?
1: I, I think it's Marcus. Okay. I think Marcus is the senior. I'm not sure. Um, who is like? To, to prove uh, this is another sidebar to prove how uh, unlike they are. Whichever one got knocked out by uh, um, Nikolai Jokic, uh, he missed like four months or shots, but no one cares. <laughs> one, a one-game suspension for putting the guy out for basically for the season with a cheap shot. So that's just. But, you you, but you
0: you can't say that that means they don't like him though, because it didn't. Alex Caruso get a cheap shot from dipshit from Duke and.
1: Yeah, grayson he, Allen.
0: He, yeah and he barely got suspended too so we we can't we can't use the length of the suspension to talk about how much we like him because nobody likes grayson allen's dumb ass
1: oh that's true ted cruz jr speaking of juniors
0: <laughs>
1: all right that's the, the, the fight y'all
0: Ted
1: <laughs> Cruz the second true all right we got the magician dodson versus cisco rivera um cisco rivera 12 and 8 one no contest he's been not uh sorry he's knocked out eight people He himself has been knocked out twice and submitted three times. He's one no in X MMA. He's won two of his last three. Uh, However, that's his only two wins in his last six fights. Uh, He lost via no. Yes, he lost via knockout his last fight. In the UFC, he went four and six with one no contest. In WEC, WEC Never Die, he went 0-1. Used to fight at uh, up at featherweight. He made his debut in 2008. He's got six inches of height on Dodson, four inches of reach. Not surprising since Dodson was a flyweight, mostly, in his career. Uh, based on the UFC stats, his grappling stats are better than Dodson's. He's at plus 220. All right, John Dodson, 21 and 13, 10 knockouts, two submissions. He's never been finished in a fight. How impressive is that for that many fights? Um, I, mind you, it was at flyweight, but still, uh, mostly flyweight. Well, um, no,
0: he's got bantamweight fights against Piotr, Jan, and Marab Devalishvili well, and yes, Jimmy Rivera true. and Marlon Marais. <laughs> So no, no
1: one of note, no one with with knockout power whatsoever. Um, so 0-1 x MMA. He's lost two straight. He's won one of his last five. He went 10 and seven in the UFC. Like I said, mostly at flyweight, but at the end of his career was uh, in the UFC was a weight. He went three and on Ultimate Fighter and was the champion because everything, even these cards, everything comes back to the Ultimate Fighter. Made his pro debut in 2004, three years younger than Rivera. More active striker based on the UFC stats, minus 280. Dan's going to break it down while I plug my laptop in so it doesn't die. Go ahead.
0: So first of all, I'm going to say uh, John Dodson's win in the Ultimate Fighter finale is my second favorite Ultimate Fighter finale ever uh, because he knocks T.J. Dillashaw into next week, and it's just like, "Mm, just perfect. The only one that exists that is better than that is Roy Nelson's knockout of Brendan Schaub because uh, getting to see <laughs> yeah. both Brendan Schaub knocked out cold in the way that his body like slinks to the ground after Roy Nelson clubs him. And that's really the only way you can describe that. knockout he clubs him. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that was my cheap way of talking about Roy Nelson for a second. Um, you got to pick Dodson in this fight. Um, I love the resurgent story of Francisco Rivera a guy who was basically retired for four and a half years. He comes back. He looks good doing it. John Dodson is still the guy who beat Nathaniel Wood two years ago, right? Like, he knocked out Nathaniel Wood just two years ago. It's not like it was a long time ago. And, and like, Nathaniel Wood is still a really great prospect, pun intended.
1: The prospect.
0: Yeah. He also beat Pedro Munoz. He beat Eddie Wineland. This guy is a beast. And, and like, yes, is he – is he clearly declining? He sure is, but I'll still take him over a guy who has retired for five years and is coming off a loss. Uh yeah, Dodson all the way here. Um uh, I don't think they'll have props, but if they do, I definitely like a Dodson decision prop.
1: So the guy takes time off to find a father and take a guess because of it.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Kidding. That can that can be the reason. <laughs> All
1: right. Any um so that's four four of the fights on what ten fight card I think this is? Uh ten the eleven fight lineup. Anything else of note on this card that jumps out yeah. at you?
0: Yeah, there's a prospect I really like that I'm going to shout out because uh, I talked to him on the Top Turtle MMA podcast. almost went a whole episode without talking about that. Yeah, um, that's a long time. I, I, really, I really like Adley Edwards. Uh, he's a guy out of North Carolina, but he also trains with Marcus the Irish Hand Grenade Davis, uh, and he's getting ready for uh, his fight. He's 8-1, and one, so he's like a highly touted prospect. I also, uh, of all of the guys who are former UFC guys who – Kind of got the shaft in the UFC, and I would have liked to see get another try. Cole Smith really should have gotten another try. He went one and two. He beat the hell out of Mitch Gagnon, and then lost a split decision to Miles Johns that I thought he could have possibly won, and then lost a decision to Hunter Azure, which I don't think those are awful losses, and he should have been cut for it. So it's, like, good to see him getting, like, kind of a higher profile fight. So I'm excited to watch him. I like watching In, in and he's Canadian. I like watching Kyle Bochniak, a guy who went toe-to-toe with Zabit and lived to tell the tale. Um, so, yeah, there, dude, there's tons of people on this card that are really fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, Adley Edwards, Cole Smith, uh, Kyle Bochniak, Tateki Matsuda is kind of fun. He's a flyweight. who spent a little time in the UFC. So, um, yeah, if you are on – I don't even know if it costs money, but if you're on XMMA.TV, you know, check it out.
1: <laughs> I, I- – Adley, like, he has time to fight and be a catcher? That's crazy, Dan.
0: Is is there a their catcher named Adley? Oh, you're thinking of Adley Rauchman. Uh, oh, it's a different guy? Yeah, it's a different, different guy. guy. Yeah, I, right. I I thought there was maybe an Adley Edwards, but yeah, no. <laughs>
1: no, Adley is Adley's not your most common name, so no. no that, that, that would be surprising.
0: You you just got the first name. Rauschman yeah, is, is not a really common last name either.
1: <laughs> no, I wonder if if he's the second or a third though.
0: <laughs> yeah. Adley That's... Adley Rauschman the third.
1: <laughs> there you go. Hey, right? that could be a good name for the episode too, Dan. <laughs>
0: I think it has to be Ted Cruz the second because we talked about uh, Grace and Allen for five minutes. <laughs> that's
1: true. I, I will take that into into um consideration when I make this podcast. Um that's it. We gave you it was gonna be it was gonna be ten, but we gave you nine fights. Come on, it's an off week. That's that's pretty damn good. What are you complaining about? The podcast is free too. Um anything else you need to tell the people, damn, before I do our plugs and all that jazz that I like to do? No, I think you mailed it all. Wow, great for me. Good job as a host. All right, follow us on Twitter. Jeff Fox writer, would be me. He would be Gumby Vreeland. Um, if you have anything you'd like us to cover on Sunday's episode, whether it be fights or just general questions or anything like that uh, or topics, hit us. You can hit us up on Twitter, Jeff Fox writer, Gumby Vreeland, or in the SGPN Slack channel where all the DeGens hang out. Um, basically, go to Slack. Find SGPN, sign up, get in the SGPN Slack. We get every sport. We got a music uh, music channel in there now where we talk about music. We got a food channel, which is popular. We got a channel for everything, so get in there. Um, and read all our, all our stuff, obviously, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We got our baseball previews are in full swing. Um, obviously, we have USFL. We are the USFL uh, site. I think that's a, some football thing you guys play, right, in the spring or summer?
0: I I don't believe it's ever happened. Well, I mean, I guess it was an old league, but it, happened, league, but it days, got re, yeah. yeah, it got re, revitalized. I don't even think it's owned by the same people, but yes, no. it is a spring football league.
1: <laughs> yes, football, you Americans and your football. So anyhow, we're we're the the I would say the world leader in coverage of uh, USFL stuff. So anything, everything you need is over on on uh, dot com, and obviously listen to all our amazing podcasts, which we have new ones, new series of podcasts rolling out seemingly by the day. So um make sure you check that out i think i think i hyped everything up type. oh my mma uh, site slash newsletter moneymma.substack.com. free subscription or if you want to support the site support me and get extra coverage you can subscribe for as little as 40 a year or, or five a month so your call but check out the stuff i have over there so i think that's it unless oh dan's podcast top turtle mma who this week you have on who dan well, Adley Ed, Edwards. Adley Edwards. Right.
0: Her, right. Which, we, which we just talked about. I'm also talking to Aaron McKenzie, who headlines uh, LFA 128. That's next week, right before the pay per view.
1: All right. There you go. And no prelim primer this week because there's no prelims for you to be primed on. But Dan will be back priming you next week, correct? That's correct. All right. Good. Take us home, Mr. Vreeland.
0: All right. I'm Dan Gubby Freeland. He is uh, Sunshine, Jeff Fox. And we will catch you next Sunday.
1: (laughs) Sunday, how about?